I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So what should the Bucks do with Jameis Winston? What are the options in free agency or the draft? We've got LSU versus Clemson in the national championship game. How much will it benefit USF that their head coach, Jeff Scott, is calling the plays in the national championship game as the co-offensive coordinator for the Tigers. We'll discuss all that and more with Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports 360 on Bay News 9 on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, we're really excited. A new year to have a new sponsor. It's Tampa Bay Downs. I've lived here my whole life. I'm telling you, this is one of the real treasures of our area. You may have heard of Tampa Bay Downs, but you have to experience it for yourself. If you haven't, What's holding you back? Tampa Bay Downs has been a Tampa entertainment landmark since 1926. And Tampa Bay Downs offers more than just a horse-loving, dirt-flying, hoof-thumping, jockey-riding good time. There's something for everyone at Tampa Bay Downs. In addition to thoroughbred horse racing, we also feature No Limits Action in the Silks Poker Room. And you can work on your golf swing at the Downs Golf Practice Facility. There's live thoroughbred racing Four days a week, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The gates open at 11 a.m. Post time is at 12.25 p.m., and the excitement is always fun and fast. Tampa Bay Downs, you bet they run. There truly is something for everyone at Tampa Bay Downs, the premier multi-entertainment destination on Florida's Gulf Coast. You can call Tampa Bay Downs at 813-855-4401. And check out their website at tampabaydowns.com for more information and 2020 promotions. Make plans to live it up at the Downs. All right, the lovely, the talented Chris Torello joins us from Spectrum Sports 360 on Bay News 9. And, Chris, it's been several days now. Um, First of all, where were you? What was your reaction uh, when Jameis Winston uh, threw the walk-off pick 6-10 the season and maybe his career in Tampa Bay? Well, first off, let me be the first to say Happy New Year and Happy Holidays to everyone. Um, no, I think, yeah, it's like one of those moments. Where were you? You know, um, I was, uh, I was still in Connecticut because I was still on vacation, and I just remember uh, the game was actually on, uh, and I just remember I just like I, I was I put my head down for one second. And I hear my uncle go, oh, my God. And then I started laughing. I, I heard your laughing. uncle say that. I could hear your uncle say that from Raymond James. Yeah, yeah. My uncle says it a lot. But he, 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 uh, he, but then I started laughing. I didn't even need to listen. Like, I, I didn't even look. I just heard it. I heard what happened. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, it's, uh, it might as well have been 2015 week one because that's what happened. So, yes. I mean, just so funny to listen to. It was just so funny. Um, I think for Bucks fans, it's 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 almost like we have to laugh. You know, if you're a Bucks fan, it's like you got to laugh because you want to cry because mm-hmm. that's just how it's been with Winston. You know, there's been so many ups, but then there's been so many downs, and now mm-hmm. it's like, what happens now? So it's, but yeah, that's one heck of a way to end it. Thirty for thirty, they ran with it, and 
You know, that's why social media is a beautiful place. Oh, man, yeah, the uh, 30 for 30 series, of course, on ESPN uh, tweeted out a picture of Winston and, and uh, fill it, you know, finish this sentence. What if I told you yeah. um, <laughs> they, they could certainly do a 30 for 30 on on Jameis Winston and his interceptions? You know, after the game um, and, and there look, there was, you know, if you go back and watch that game, I mean, hey, uh, hey, Matt Gay, uh, not for nothing. But if you make one of the three field goals, they're not even yeah. in overtime for him to throw it. Right. And that will get yeah. sort of lost in the wash until we get to next training camp and. You know, Bruce Arians has him kicking in the south end zone at Raymond James every day, and we got to go over there and watch him. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that was just one of the many mistakes they made. But, you know, after the game, I thought uh, in the in the uh, post game press conference, Jameis was really sort of embattled, like more than I've seen him. You know what I mean? Not 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 really uh, uh, trying to shirk responsibility per se. I mean, he knew. You know his his story, and he was sticking to it. Was the ball was tipped, and terrible things happened to me, and only me. Um, yeah. You know, Bruce Arians was like, "Nah, it's a bad decision." Period. So somewhere in there is is the uh, is the truth. But what did you make of him uh, talking about how you know if I get this fixed, I'll be the best bar none. Check your sheet comment. Yeah. Yeah, he's balling, man. You know that's that's he's what balling. he said. Balling, yeah. you know. And- I just was laughing because it's like, it's like, really, man, like you just, you just threw 30 interceptions. Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't your backyard on Christmas day. If it's 50 degrees outside, I mean, this is, you know, this is the NFL. And it's like, I feel like I've seen too many comments. I ran a poll on Twitter, very scientific. And it said, um, I think I put like, who has to be back next year? But no one, nothing in the way, just who has to be back. Number one person, Shaq Barrett was the winner. And, and I was mm-hmm. happy about that because I've been pushing that, that Shaq yeah. Barrett is the most important guy that has to be back. And I like what Bruce Arian said about this defense needing to be back. So I mm-hmm. think the defense needs to take priority over Jameis Winston because Jameis, yeah, he might be balling, but you know what, Rick? He could ball you right out of a game. And I think if you just had a quarterback that could make a few more better decisions – you're right there fighting for a playoff spot that final week. And that's really all Bucks fans want. For They finally want to see 2020 be that season. So I think it's going to be a real tough decision. I know one week we get a report that, oh, no, they're bringing them back. And then, all, then I get another report that it's, oh, no, 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 like there's no decision made. So I, I think the Bucks are in a tough spot. And I think no matter what they do, they're going to lose half their fan base for at least a few months. Yeah, that 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 could well be because it's certainly he certainly is one of the most polarizing player I have ever covered, and that happened from yeah. the minute that they drafted him for obvious reasons. Some of them because you just have Gator fans that hate Florida State. Some of them obviously because of the off field problems he has, and it hasn't changed. And the one thing that's been constant is he's, he's been a guy um, that has turned the ball over. I'll say this: there will never be another quarterback in the next twenty five years to throw thirty interceptions. I promise you that that's because true. there will never be a guy who will be allowed to stay in a game and play that many games to throw them in the first place. And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, and I think we may have talked about this before, but I'm still wondering, like, was Bruce Arians the best thing for Jameis Winston in, in as much as he came in here, he said, it's his team. We don't want him over his, looking over his shoulder. There was nobody that was going to take his job. Is that really what he needed at that stage of his career? Yes, because I think you got an honest look and, and he mm-hmm. wasn't, and he wasn't, and there was no issues. 
It was just Bruce yeah. Arians coming in early and saying, this is my guy. And yeah. I think for, for these, you know, he's been here, what, almost 12 months to Bruce Arians. It's like, hey, this is, this is my guy. Okay, well, now you've had 12 months. Now you've had a full off season. You've had everything. We get it. He's, he's a hard worker. He's one of the hardest workers people have seen. He, he, he studies. He goes out there. He tries to motivate in the locker room, motivate on the sideline, tries to inspire on the field, tries to do good things in the community after kind of being a knucklehead. So I get it. And, and I think people see him improving. But now it's like, OK, our, our honest effort of you is no injuries, no nothing. And you threw 30 interceptions. Now, mm-hmm. we, we joked, you know, we've joked throughout the season that, you know, Bruce Arians, that numbers will get down and they'll change the tune. But, yeah, I mean, for Bruce Arians to say, like, no, that's that's on you. That's a bad decision. Um, you know, I think the tide could turn a little bit here. But, I mean, Rick, you were you were there. I mean, let me ask you. My first impression is this defense is priority number one. That's what I No, it is. Yeah, I think it is because I think they recognize that, look, they have enough weapons, okay, in terms of targets, right, a target-rich environment. You've got it on the offensive side. They have built that offense for years now around Jameis Winston, and you've got – you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Godwin, at least for another season, they've talked about the priority of being, you know, extending his contract. You've still got for now anyway, OJ Howard, which you have to get motivated again and try to find a way to use him. I don't think they're going to be able to retain Brashard Perryman because they made a highlight video for him the last three weeks. So that might be tough, but they've invested on the offensive line. They're going to add offensive linemen, I think. So you know, if you go in the assumption that, look, we, we can move the football, we have guys over there that can make plays with the football, then you look at the other side and you say, well, what what was the difference? Well, the difference was the defense. They were number one against the run all year long. Yeah. Uh, the, the secondary clearly grew up. Could you add a safety? Could you do some things over yeah. there to make them better? Absolutely. But Todd Bowles was the secret sauce uh, the second half of the season when they went on this winning streak. You saw all the turnovers they had, a healthy Devin White, I mean, that is that is what you want to keep together. And when you're sitting here, it's it's sort of daunting because, you know, they recognize uh, one thing. They could lose all of that because every one of those defensive linemen are free agents with the exception of Ida Vea. So if they're all gone next year, you're starting really over, and then that's yeah. if, you know, you, you don't know if you can re-sign Shaq Barrett or you might have to use the franchise tag on him instead of your quarterback. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with, with what Bruce was saying. Um, you know, I mean, you can question whether you can get much more out of Sue and, you know, how much Jason Pierre-Paul has left, but he looked okay to me, you know, in the last game, in the last two games when he had five sacks. So, you know, I I think that that's the way they want to go. Um, they, they say it's going to be a couple weeks. Uh, look, the first thing you do is you look at options, right? You say, all right, so we're going to, we get to the point where we just, we cannot go forward with this guy, whether it's salary cap, whether it's just the the lack of tolerance for the interceptions, we don't think he's going to be any better blah, 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 let's look into free agency. So what are you going to do? You know, is this football team good enough to win with a Teddy Bridgewater, uh, an aging Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, who will probably retire but hasn't announced that, or maybe Cam Newton if somehow he makes it to the free agent market, you know, who's been, you know, has a history of injuries. I mean, do you think that, you know, you can bring a quarterback in here and then maybe also draft one um, to develop behind him and and win you know win your 10 11 games i mean look this year was an outlier cuz the nfc everybody has 13 wins it's ridiculous 12 you had to win yeah. 12 just to get in the damn playoffs that usually doesn't happen um but it you know could you win with what's out there could you find a quarterback that's going to be available and or draft one and think you can go forward with this yes 
End of sentence. Next question. Yes, you can. Move on with your life. You can do this. The New Year's resolution is the Bucks fans who don't think Jameis who think Jameis Winston is the only thing you can put it at at uh, whatever the hell they call it at Advent Health. If you think they're the only one that can go over there and sling the ball, you got another mm-hmm. thing coming. You know, right. I mean, I, I think part of me would have loved to have seen Ryan Griffin stay in that one game and just see what happened. I mean, you know, I know, but um, you know, for me, it's like, listen, I think, you know. I, I, you're right. I mean, you go back to what you said about benching. I mean, I remember when Andy Reid benched Donovan McNabb. I remember mm-hmm. all of these things. Like, I mean, this, you know, they, people get benched. I think Joe Flacco got benched. I mean, Eli yeah. Manning got benched. You know, I mean, it's 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 funny to think that so many different great quarterbacks have been benched, and it feels like you know every time there needs to be an excuse for Jameis Winston, you know, there is. You know, like the best quarterbacks get excuses. I don't know if Jameis Winston has been worthy of these, some of the excuses, even from some, you know, locally, you know, and, and I don't understand that. So for me, I, I think you do have the answer in free agency. Now, at the same time, whoever you bring in, you'd have to say, hey, listen, we're bringing you in. We want you to be the starter. But please understand that we do intend to draft somebody. Now, this is where things could get interesting because I know everyone's here's the thing. and You know, this as well as anyone, Rick. Between now and eight, late April when this draft occurs, quarterbacks who you never thought had a shot at being drafted in the first round are going to have a shot at being drafted in the first round because that's what Absolutely. happens. Everyone Absolutely. Everyone starts falling in love with guys wearing tank tops and underwear in Indianapolis, and they say, boy, he can sling the ball. Really? He's been doing it since Pee Wee. I hope he can sling the ball. I remember when they said Jamarcus Russell could throw the ball 60 yards from his knees. The problem is you can't be throwing the ball 60 yards from your knees. So that's the problem. So I think it's I think for me, there are there are players out there. Now that means Eli Manning is out. And I don't think you'd want him here. I mean, I've always I've been saying this on your podcast. Eli Manning and Jameis Winston, I see a lot of the same. But if it were Cam Newton, if it were Teddy Bridgewater. Bring him in. If Phillip Rivers really wants to come here for a year, now what if you draft a guy like Tua Tagovailoa, a guy who will need the 2020 season off? You know, what if you draft a, a younger quarterback you see a lot of potential in, but maybe you do go the, you know, the whole Mahomes route where you give him a whole year off, you say it right off the bat like you're Andy Reid and say, no, he's not touching the field this year. We'll figure it out. You know, like I think that could be very beneficial to the Bucks franchise, and especially you get a younger quarterback on a nice salary. You maybe don't have to pay him first-round money. You get a guy in the later stages of their career trying to just maybe get to a postseason or maybe get to a Super Bowl, and the pieces are in place. And then you have a defense that is hungry. What have I been saying? If the Bucks have a halfway decent defense that isn't 30th over here and second over here, if they can just be really good all year, kind of hovering in the top 15 together statistically, they're mm-hmm. going to the playoffs, and they have enough weapons on offense. I think this is a very important offseason for the future of this franchise, not just because of quarterback, but because so many important pieces are up on the, on the block, and you don't know which way things are going to go. Yeah, speaking of, they, they picked 14th in the draft. I'm with you. I think a lot of these quarterbacks – uh, will start popping up. I don't know. Maybe they can get one at 14. Maybe not. Yeah. Speaking of love, how about Utah State's Jordan Love? Yeah. Jordan Love. Wow. You ever heard of that guy? Yeah. No. I'm reaching deep. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, okay. But, no, I, I, I think you're going to hear a lot, of, a lot of names pop in there, and they do. They have to at least address a developing young quarterback 
Ryan Griffin's been here for a number of years. He's under contract again. If they want to bring him back as a backup, I suppose, to somebody or you know have, have the rookie as the third guy, they could do that. But that position has to be addressed, and it has to be addressed, I think, sooner than later. Um, you know, go find your Russell Wilson. Go find a guy in the second or third round if you're, yeah. if you're that good at, at scouting. You know, there's no there's no limit to uh, you know to what you're you can uncover when you uh, you know when you start turning over rocks in that position. So, uh, you know, it, we'll, we'll be following this, of course, uh, through the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm not really you know the you mentioned how a couple of weeks ago, and I, and and it truly is like I take the temperature over there at One Buck Place. Among coaching staff, you know, front office, all this stuff, yeah. they swing. The pendulum swings just as it does for fans. It's really interesting because when he walked out of Detroit, okay, after throwing four touchdown passes and the second game of four hundred fifty-six, four hundred fifty-eight yards, there was a sense that okay, you got to bring him back somehow. You got to bring this guy back. He makes too many plays. He's you know they were seven and seven. They had two games left to play. One against the playoff caliber team. And and then the last one, of course, against Atlanta. And then he absolutely threw both games away. In other words, he was the guy, okay, uh-huh. that had the two the pick six and then another pick six that was called back with an illegal block in you know against against Houston, which they absolutely should have won that game. They lose twenty three twenty. And then we saw, uh, of course, when they got into overtime, you know what what happened. And then you know, I mean, it's it just you, you couldn't write a worse script for them because they thought. That uh, that those those two games, if he'd have just not been the guy that lost those games, they would have a different picture. But they really have to get back into it now and try to figure out, you know, what they can do and whether they want him back and under what circumstances. I do believe that if he comes back, there will be a guy that will compete with him. So, hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We've got a lot of college football. That's, that's uh, right up your alley, of course. Yes. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a statement, um, and, and I know LSU is really really good, and we'll talk about them. Let me just say this: that no Big Twelve team should be taken ahead of another another conference <laughs> to be in yeah. a national championship. I, I mean, it's un, it's unfortunate, but they they're just not you know yeah eleven wins in the Big Twelve or twelve you know one lost and it was to Kansas State uh, is just not good enough. And and I don't know who they would have taken. I mean, Utah lost. You know, to uh, to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, maybe they would have been the the fourth team there. But but the Big Twelve, what do you what do you make of that whole conference? Uh, well, yeah, I know it would have been Utah, and I would have been excited actually to see that just because it's fresh. You know, it's something yeah. different. I feel like the Pac-12 is like that. No one knows what the hell's going on out there. It's like after dark TV. You know, it's yeah. like, who? What is this? You know, it's scrambled, but. You know, um, you know, I don't even know what this is. You know, seriously, I I don't get to watch. Like, I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, the kickoff is going to move to like 9:30 a.m." And I'm like, "Oh, really? Like, they want to do all that out there? Like, th- that's the only way they would be relevant because no one wants to watch West Coast football." You know, at you know, at coming God on at 10:30. Yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, sorry, I watch my reruns of CSI. You know, come on, guys. So, but I mean, you know, it's it's tough when um, you know. I think for Oklahoma, we get it. They're really good. 
and I get it. Lincoln Riley's a really good coordinator, but you're not better than the SEC. I don't think you're better than the Big Ten. I think if it was Ohio State, they would have gotten trounced. I think if it, you know, it doesn't matter. But you're right. I think, I think the Big Twelve is is in a tough situation because it's Oklahoma, and then it's everyone else. There's yeah, they no, need Texas. Like, yeah, yeah, they need Texas, Texas to be better. You need Texas to be better. Matt Campbell gets an extension for doing what? And um, you know, I mean, there's there's just different things. It's it's weird, you know. Like I think it's a really it's what ten teams. You know, I mean, maybe they would benefit from a couple more teams coming in. And, oh boy, here we go. You know, fire up the UCF fans, fire up the USF fans. You know, here we go. Fire <laughs> in the Big Twelve. You know, it's like there's a few ahead. Of, a few ahead of you, okay, you know, calm down. You know, but but seriously, I think I think the Big Twelve is resting on a history that they just can't support anymore. It's not yeah. the days of Barry Switzer. It's not the days right. of you know all these. These, you know, tough. You oh, know, we got football. the Red River rivalry down here exactly. in Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, boy. Frank Rose. You can't yep. do that anymore. You know, this doesn't work. It's it's it feels like the Big 12 is, you know, going to it really has to has to figure this out fast, you know, because they're the, the, well, here's the thing. The second the Big 12 or the you know, we've seen it. The Big 10 gets left out. The Big 12 gets that out. The Pac-12. The, there's going to come a point within the next within this decade where. That's one thing I've heard so much of lately. Yeah, decade. Like, it's like we've done it before, people. We've gone from one decade to another. I've been a part of a few now. It's no big deal. I got through Y2K. Nothing happened. We're good. Okay, this is the 20s now, you know? But I have a heart. I feel like. The this, roaring 20s, yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, but we're going to have, this decade, we're probably going to have an 18 playoff. And, you know, that's going to be good. But then yes. it's gonna. But then even then it's gonna be. Well, what, how does this work? Does the Big Twelve get their automatic bid? You know, does the mm. American get if they have a Memphis team like they did this year or UCF in the past few years? Do they get in somehow? You know, I think that's that's where it's gonna get really interesting. But I can bet you these conference commissioners they are going to say if we're going to eight, the Power Five gets a team in from every conference. And I think that's because they want to all be in the sandbox and they thought it would be fun with four teams, but they don't like it now because someone gets left out. And unfortunately you've seen a lot of people get left out because the sec is really damn good. So, you know, and I thought the big 10 was really good this year. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have those seasons where, yeah, like Clemson is going to sleepwalk its way in kind of like Jameis and Jimbo the second year after that national title, they kind of sleptwalk their way through the season. I mean, Jameis didn't even play in that Clemson game and then, uh, you know, they still got in. So, um, I think there's going to have to be some, some work done, but yeah, I mean the big 12, they're, they're at a crossroads again where they need to kind of maybe figure out if they can add some teams, maybe actually have 12. And, you know, I mean, just maybe I just feel like it's kind of stuck where it's like, okay, we're Oklahoma, you know, Texas is coming back, guys. You know, I've heard Joe Tessitore every single year, you know, Texas is back. And it's like, no, they're not. They just fired Charlie <laughs> Strong and brought in Tom Herman. You know, calm down here, Joe, you know. So, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot that there, there's, there's certainly, I think, and the thing is, is once you go out to the Big 12 and the Pac-12, you're losing half the country's interest. I know everyone That's loves right. SEC, right. everyone loves Big Ten and all that, but, yeah, you're, you're losing. It's kind of the same thing with we're just talking about with the Bucks. You kind of lose half the people. 
because you're because you're deciding to say no, these are the best and these aren't. So yeah, I think I think the Big Twelve especially has some soul searching to do. I think Oregon could be really good next year, even after they lose their quarterback. Yeah, I do too. They were they were good against Utah, that's for sure. They messed up their plans. Uh, Clemson, uh, you know, doesn't have a dance partner in the ACC, but they don't need one because they just keep rolling. And as long as they have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback and that and that beast at running back, they have a chance. They're going to play. Uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, the best one of the best college football teams I've seen. I don't know defensively if they're quite on the level of what some of the LSU teams have been in the past, but I don't know. I, I mean. Look, I think if the draft were held and Trevor Lawrence was available, it'd be interesting to see who would go first and who would go second, Joe Burrow or him. Chris, I don't remember a college football quarterback. You could argue, and I don't even know that it's an argument, but you could say and state fairly unequivocally, and I can't say that word, that if if Joe Burrow wins the national championship, we, he will have completed the greatest college football season at quarterback of any player in history. Oh, this is Florida, Tim Tebow. What's wrong with you, Rick? How dare you? The Lord and Savior, Tim Tebow. How dare you? Can't, can't be serious. Me. We're talking about Tim Tebow. I can't be What's serious. What's wrong with you? You blasphemous? Ridiculous. So I um, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you know what? You're right, though. And considering the fact that this kid. Now, here's the thing. And I loved his speech at the Heisman, and I thought that he was great, but. Let's not make it out that this kid was coming off the streets. All right. He was at Ohio State. Okay. Like he said, <laughs> Nebraska didn't think I was good enough. Okay. So you went to Ohio State. Boo hoo. You know, you got to. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't understand that part of the E60 or whatever, like where there was too much dramatic music. I'm like, he went to Ohio <laughs> State. Like, oh, God. Oh, geez. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. You know. <laughs> This well, he's guy. from Ohio. I would. I mean, that should have been his dream. He grew up in Ohio, right? I mean, that. that... Yeah. Come on. It's like Nebraska didn't want you. No one wanted to go to Nebraska. No one still does. Give me a break. You know, again, it's ridiculous. But whatever. We move on. But I think, yeah, you're right. Joe Burrow's had a wonderful season. And I mean, how about Coach O? I mean, I'm so happy for him. You know, this is a guy who, who was. I remember he was like the coach at Ole Miss. And then he's the coach and he's the interim coach at Tennessee and he's the interim coach at USC and they don't hire him because of his voice. And I mean, this guy's been all over the place. He seems like a perfect placeholder. And LSU finally said, screw it. Let's give him a chance, you know, and, and he's just become a force down there. And, and I think he is the key there, you know, Joe Burrow coming down and finally, it feels like, LSU has that quarterback that's truly they've had good quarterbacks but this is special and you're right I think if he if he wins this game and I listen I, I know USF fans are like man we're all about we're all in baby hashtag all in Clemson it's like just because you're you know that doesn't mean you get to be Clemson fans you know you're still USF you're still at Ray J and you can't fill the lower bowl but um I think the thing is is that you have you have LSU and Clemson and I just think that this is a special season where LSU has a defense that is so darn good. And you have, uh, you know, they could pass, they can run, they can do whatever they want. If Joe Burrow wins this game, and I fully expect them to, I think it's the best. This is one of the best college football teams ever. And I think he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. And, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when he gets to the NFL because things sometimes don't click that way. But, yeah, I think – and I'm really looking forward to this game because you're giving Clemson two weeks – you know, Dabo Sweeney, two weeks to try and figure out LSU, and I think that's pretty cool. 
heard Coach Coach O. It was great when uh, I was listening to him talk to Joe Burrow. <laughs> he knows what he has, right? He doesn't have to. He oh, just yeah. rolls the ball out there. To, I'm just so happy to watch Joe Burrow. I just, I'm a football <laughs> fan, so I just sit back and watch this guy play. You know, I don't do much. I just sit up watch him play. Yeah, you know, I drink so. my, four, my four Red Bulls and uh, go Tigers, you know. So, uh, <laughs> did you see him? Go that Tigers, yeah. He did that message where he was like saying go Bills because the Bills made the playoffs. So he goes, just want to wish y'all good luck. Go Bills. Go Tigers. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> you could have stopped the video, you know. But yes, <laughs> yeah. get that in. So <laughs> That's great. Yeah, uh, I love I love Coach O. Well, you mentioned uh, Jeff Scott. Okay, so I know USF fan uh, is is watching with uh, with with great anticipation what Clemson does on offense. But but in reality, tell me the tangible ways that this helps the USF Bulls because you know he's working late. He's got another job still to yeah. try to win a national title. So I, I don't know how much recruiting he's able to do at this point, or if they're even allowed to. Um, but just the exposure. And 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 the recognition that that he may get from from being in the national championship game, what will that do for his program? Well, you've already seen it. I mean, you know, it was popping up everywhere. Um, you know, he's he's part of the game planning. This is still Tony Elliott, but you know, he's he's there, and I think he's a. Um, you know what I think? What's great is is that, and I said this before I went on my Twitter hiatus was, uh, you know, this is the best thing because you're probably going to get the mention that he's going to coach USF. You're probably you you possibly could have gotten a graphic, I, and uh, you know I think it just gives you a stronger brand. I mean, Clemson is that brand that you everyone wants to aspire to be. You want to be, you know, everyone who says, "Oh no, I want you know I want challenges." Bull, you want you if you could be like Clemson, where you can run, you maybe have a heart attack against North Carolina, but then you 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 just run through everybody else. You'll take it. You'll take it every single Saturday during the fall for as long as you can make it happen. You don't care. But Clemson, what they've been able to do with Jeff Scott, with Tony Elliott, with Dabo Sweeney is they've been able to really kind of, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter the situation, the offense moves. And I think because Jeff Scott is a part of that, you have an opportunity to say, hey, he's had his handprint on one of the finest portions of Clemson's football legacy. So now he gets that exposure. And I think recruits see that. And, I, and, you know, a lot of people are like, well, he's not recruiting right now. Well, he's got a decent staff put together, a couple more names probably going to be coming out. And, and he's just, you know, they can recruit. They can, you know, right now we're in the dead period, so you're not really allowed to go off campus. You're not allowed to do this and that. You can still text. You can still call. I think FaceTime is allowed because it's technically a phone. So you can still do a lot. You just, it's the contact period doesn't start till the 17th, I believe. Uh, so yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, you have some time here before he really has to hit the ground. But at the same time, he's making phone calls. His coaching staff seems like he took everyone from Florida Atlantic. But you know, he he's got half he's got his staff working. He's texting recruits right now, so he's he's doing his job. And think about it: you're getting contacted by a coach who's in the national championship game, saying, "Hey, I need you to come to USF." Because I need you to help me do what we're doing here at Clemson. And we can do it here at USF. You know, I think that's pretty cool. He's going to get a couple of guys to take visits to USF in January who are also taking visits to Clemson, Rick. So that's pretty cool. When you kind of say all of a sudden, wait a minute, are the Bulls and Clemson fighting for the same few guys here before February? It could happen. 
So um, it's, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, no, there's a lot of positives. Michael Kelly's all about the brand. And if he says this is good, Bulls fans should just believe Michael Kelly because Lord knows they're not going to believe me. So uh, It's a great backdrop for sure um, for, you know, for him to do exactly what you said. Uh, just so I'll get you out on this. What, what do you make of the staff he's assembled so far? You mentioned there are a lot of guys that have come from Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I like it. I think he's also he's got a couple Clemson guys, but I like what he's done. Um, you know, he brought in some guys from the Chad Morris era of SMU in Arkansas, um, including a strength and conditioning coach. I'm really intrigued by uh, Charlie Weiss Jr. Uh, everyone calls him the up and coming star. Uh, you know, Lane Kiffin entrusted him to call the majority of the plays at Florida Atlantic, and it. You know, the first season was okay, and then all of a sudden they win the CUSA. So, you know, I think it's going to be fun to watch those two kind of kind of come kind of put this game plan together and you know the I don't think the quarterback room is done yet I don't think you know certain pieces are done I don't think some players are are done deciding if they're going to be here or not and um you know Charlie Weiss is the key because and also I think that you know they've got a good solid defensive coordinator who I think can help you know look what look what happened with FAU I mean statistically they were really good this year so I think USF it's just going to kind of get that pep in their step again. There's going to be a new level of confidence to kind of say, okay, hey, we're a young staff, especially on offense, but there's going to be a chance for everyone to grow together. I don't think year one is going to be like this, you know, that perfect, you know, 13 and all. It would be crazy if it happened. But, you know, I just think you're going to see a more confident USF because the coaching staff knows football. They're not going to get in each other's way. It's going to be done with a Clemson mentality of we're a family. We're not going to be infighting. And that's been the problem, especially this past year for from people I spoke with. There was there was infighting. There's you know a lot more among the coaches than the players. So that's going to change. Yeah, I, I think he's off to a great start. And certainly uh, the national championship game, which is uh, comes up in another week, will be uh, just more advertisement for him for his program at USF. He's Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports. 360 on Bay News 9, and he is back, 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 back from vacation. So you can watch him there on the uh, on the uh, on the big the big channel, as they say. Thanks so much, Chris, and happy New Year to you, buddy. Okay, happy New Year. My thanks to uh, Chris Terrell. Always great to catch up with him tonight. The Tampa Bay Lightning are in Montreal to take on Les Habitants, so that'll be a good one up there to watch. Uh, also, we'll preview the NFL playoffs on our Football Friday podcast. It all begins now. 12 teams vying, of course, for a Super Bowl in Miami. Also, folks, remember that we have a new sponsor. If you haven't been out to Tampa Bay Downs, what is keeping you back? It's been out there as an entertainment landmark in Tampa Bay since 1926. They offer more than horse racing, although there is thoroughbred horse racing four days a week. They also feature no-limits action in the Silks Poker Room, and you can work on your golf swing at the Downs Practice Facility. There's live thoroughbred racing four days a week, Wednesday, Friday, sun, Saturday, and Sunday. The gates open at 11, the post time is 1225, and the excitement is always fast and fun. Tampa Bay Downs, you bet they run. There's truly something for everybody at Tampa Bay Downs, the premier multi-entertainment destination on Florida's Gulf Coast. You can call Tampa Bay Downs at 813-855-4401. Live it up at the Downs. For Steve Verstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.